reaching Israel and the world. Shalom uvracha, peace and blessings to you today. And may your faith go from strength to strength. Shetachu mikoach lekoach. As you receive God's word today through this broadcast of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Marjorie, my love, there are so many people in the Western world who call themselves Christians, and yet they think it's offensive to push their belief on other people. What, what do you think is going on here? I think that there's something missing in their understanding and the revelation of God and who He is and why we're even put here on this earth. It, there's, there's a missing piece and, and I know that through His Word as we study it and we root ourselves and ground ourselves in His Word, then we come to understand, wow, this, this is a, an incredible message of life that's breathed life in me and God wants this life in others and we can see that that others need this word it's like water and, and, and food and water to us you know what really brings somebody to that place of commitment where they realize they have to share their faith because they're commanded to and Yeshua is the only way to heaven you know what helps us get to that place of commitment understanding the Hebrew roots of our faith and see messianic prophecy in the Tanakh the Old Testament Baruch Hashem. We're continuing today, beloved, in Messianic Prophecy. This is season number four. I want to encourage you to go back and get the previous episode, season one, season two, season three. I'm in the third episode today on season four. And studying Messianic Prophecy, beloved, it's more than an academic endeavor. Because when we see the divine origin of the Word of God, which is realized in seeing how Messiah Yeshua fulfilled the ancient writings, it establishes us in our faith. Now, I know that in the previous episodes, I've been talking about this, but I want to just drill something down again today, one more time, so that you get how serious of a situation we are living in in our present culture. The doctrines, the apostolic doctrines of the church fathers, the apostolic doctrine of the New Testament writers has been so uh, uh, degraded today. The church has undergone so much compromise over the years that if we don't come back to the written word of God, we're going to be like chaff driven away by the wind. It's the Word of God that sanctifies us. Yeshua said, the words that I speak, they're spirit and life, and the New and Old Testaments record the words of God. So we are considering the words of God, and particularly what we're considering is how there were prophecies in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Bible, or the Old Testament, about the Messiah, what He would look like, when He would come, what line he would come through. In other words, it was through the line of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Judah, etc. Where he would be born. Different things that he would accomplish in his ministry. All these things were recorded in the Hebrew Bible. And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at these things that were recorded in the Hebrew Bible. And then we're showing 
in the Brit Kadashah or the New Covenant, New Testament scriptures, how indeed Yeshua fulfilled these Old Testament writings. Now, taking a step back again today, what I'm teaching on, as I indicated, is greater than just an intellectual study. What it's doing is it's grounding us in God's Word. And when we see how Yeshua fulfilled the Hebrew Bible, when we see how God's Word is grounded in history, that Yeshua really came. It's a historical fact. And He came in such a way to exactly fulfill these Old Testament prophecies in proportions that were astronomically impossible. In other words, there's no way that it could have been happenstance that a man was born that these prophecies were fulfilled in. It's something that could have only happened if, in fact, Yeshua's coming into the world was supernatural, which, in fact, we studied two weeks ago, the supernatural birth of Yeshua, how Miriam or Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, and how that really brought to climax the beginning of our faith with Abraham when he and Sarah conceived Isaac when it was impossible for them to conceive because they were both past the age of childbearing. Uh, Abraham was 100, she was 90. It was impossible for them to have children anymore. But because God was doing something supernatural, he caused them to conceive when it was a scientific impossibility. And so how much more then would there be a supernatural birth process when Messiah himself the most unique being in the planet was born. Of course, there'd be a supernatural marking on his birth, and we talked about that several weeks ago. So we're putting it all together. But the value, beloved, of understanding this is more than just showing how you can link this scripture with that scripture. It's to ground you in the Word. And I want to call you back to the Word, to the apostolic faith, you see, just because everybody else is doing it, it doesn't mean that it's right. Just because the world says that it's okay to live this way, it doesn't make it right. Just because the world agrees that this is okay, it doesn't make it right. We have to go back to the apostolic faith. What does the Word of God teach? And so even as you're seeing now how Yeshua fulfilled Old Testament prophecies, solidifying in your own heart and mind the authenticity of the Word of God, I want you now to take that same confidence that you're gaining by seeing the integrity of God's Word. I want you to take that same confidence in God's Word and apply it to your thinking about everything else. It doesn't matter necessarily what a pastor says. It doesn't matter what the group says. It doesn't matter what's going on in the Christian culture. What does God's Word say? You see, today in the Christian culture, because people are not submitted to the Lord, yet they want an experience with God so they can feel good, what do they do? They turn up the amplifiers in the worship service. It's a, it's a, it's, 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 it's a shortcut, beloved. True anointing doesn't come from turning up the amplifiers in a worship service. It is a shallow mistake. It's a shallow facade. True anointing comes from submitting to the Word of God, to obedience. The Bible says God gives the Holy Spirit to those that obey Him. The Holy Spirit is a free gift, but we grow in the empowerment through obedience. And so, once again, today, as I show you messianic prophecy, 
as I show you how Yeshua completes the Hebrew Bible. I want you to take that confidence now that you're gaining from God's Word in seeing how Yeshua fulfills God's Word. And I want you now to take God's Word and apply it to how you're thinking about every area of your life. And don't take a shortcut because the world is generally wrong. The world is generally not, is, is not, is not giving you an authentic voice of God's will. Because the world compromises. Straight and narrow is the way that leads to life, Yeshua said, and few there be that find it. So let's now look at God's word, gain confidence from God's word, and now I want to encourage you, think for yourself in the Holy Spirit. And don't be a casualty by compromising with the world. Because many will fall away from the faith during the season that we're in. Jesus predicted that. And they'll think that they're on the right They'll think that they're, they're, they're right because everyone else is telling them they're right. No. Beloved, let's go back to the apostolic faith. Where's the apostolic faith? It's in this book. It's in the Bible. Paul said, if anybody comes preaching to you a different gospel than the one that I'm preaching, let him be accursed. Okay, enough introduction. Last week, I left off on the supernatural birth of Yeshua showing how it was written in the Hebrew Bible. I talked about how the Hebrew Bible predicted in the book of Micah Chapter 5, verse 2, that the Messiah would be born from Bethlehem. It's an amazing thing that Micah said, the one that's going to come out of Bethlehem, he's going to be from eternity. That Yeshua wasn't just a man. He's the God-man. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's God-clothed in humanity. And Matthew quotes Micah 2 in Matthew chapter 2, speaking of Yeshua being born in Bethlehem, quoting this Hebrew prophecy from long ago to Steer the reader, to steer the reader and those that were listening to come to the conclusion that Jesus is that one and we must follow him. We must pick up our cross, lay our life down and follow him. There is no other way. You see, Jesus said to the rich man that wanted to follow him, listen, I've, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to be a good person. I believe that you're the, the one. I believe that you're the one that was prophesied. I believe that you fulfilled the messianic prophecies. I believe you. What should I do now? It's a question for you and I today. We're seeing how Jesus fulfilled the prophecies. He was born where Micah said he would be born. He was born supernaturally, just as the Hebrew scriptures prophesied in the book of Isaiah chapter 7 that a virgin would conceive. Quoted once again by Matthew. We see how he fulfilled the prophecies. So we say, yes, Lord, what do I do? That's what the rich man said. And what did Yeshua say to the rich man? He said, go and sell everything you have. Go and sell all your possessions. And then he said, come and follow me. And the rich man walked away and he was grieved. He couldn't do it. What's the point? The point is that Yeshua is saying, if you want to follow me, you need to be willing to give up everything. Your life, your reputation, whatever things you think are supporting you in life. Whatever you're clinging to for your confidence, whatever you're clinging to for your security, whatever you're clinging to for your life that's other than me, Jesus said, unless you give those things up, you cannot truly follow me. This is the same thing that Paul said. He said he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised the eighth day from the tribe of Benjamin, educated under the leading sage of his day, Gamaliel. He said, but whatever those things were, he said, I gave them up. And he said, I consider them but rubbish that I might be found in him, Yeshua, knowing him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. So we're getting convinced that Yeshua is fulfilling the messianic prophecies, but what should our response be? 
just to be happy that we understand how Old Testament scriptures fit together with New Testament scriptures? Beloved, that's not enough. We now being convinced that Yeshua did fulfill the Old Testament scriptures, we need to take his challenge upon our lives now, the challenge that he said to the rich man when he said, go sell all your possessions, come and follow me. In other words, Yeshua said to him, you need to let go of everything in your life right now. Whatever was gained, you need to count it as loss to follow me. And then you could be my disciple. And then you'll experience the eternal life that I came and so badly desire to pour out upon you. You see, this is more than an academic study. So let's let the Messianic Scriptures bring us to a place of commitment to let everything else go, to follow Him. There is no other way. Jesus said, unless we pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow Him, we cannot be His disciple. said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. And I want to ask you tonight, do you recognize that you may have a spirit of pride, that Jesus wants to come in, but your spirit of pride and your spirit of religion is blocking him? If you realize that, I want to ask you to raise your hand. See these hands, Father God. These hands that are saying to you, God, I need you. So I repent tonight, Lord Jesus. And I don't hold myself up above others tonight. Instead, I just thank you that you died for me. We say like David said, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. We've been called to be salt and light to the world, but Rabbi cannot share the truths from God's Word without help from you. Would you pray and consider donating or becoming a monthly partner with Rabbi as he ministers principles from God's Word through television, the internet, and on-the-ground outreaches, equipping the body of Christ, building the church, and evangelizing the world? Call 800-777-7835 or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Join those who have said yes to the calling. Help Rabbi build God's kingdom through the global outreaches of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Call today or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. All right, let's get right in now. Next Messianic Prophecy. The book of Malachi, chapter 3. Here's what we read. Behold, chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi 4, 5. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day 
of the Lord. So what is the Messianic prophecy? The prophecy which Jewish people have understood for hundreds and hundreds of years is that before Messiah is revealed, Elijah, the messenger of God, would come and prepare the way for his coming. Get it again. The messianic prophecy is that before Messiah would appear in the earth, Elijah, the Hebrew prophet, would come first, clear the way for him, and prepare the world for his coming. This is why when Jewish people celebrate Passover every year, and perhaps some of you have been to Passover services or a Passover celebration meal before, a Seder that we call it in Hebrew. This is why that during the Passover Seder, the Passover meal, we set a place at the table that's empty, and that place setting that's empty is for Elijah. Why do we do that at Passover? Because we believe that even as the Lord delivered Israel out of Egypt 3,500 years ago, he is going to deliver the children of Israel again when the Messiah comes. And so we're waiting for that next deliver. Moses, we're celebrating at Passover, was used of the Lord to deliver Israel out of Egypt uh, 3,500 years ago. But we're now waiting for another deliverer. And we know that the other deliverer will not come until Elijah comes first to announce his coming. So let me say it again. We find in the book of Malachi that before Messiah comes, Elijah's going to come and announce his coming. Jewish people have recognized this as a messianic prophecy forever. And that's why the, the place is set during Passover for Elijah to come and announce that Messiah is here. We even at the Passover Seder have a little child run to the door where we're, where, you know, of the house where we're at or the building, look outside to see if Elijah's coming. It's just like inviting Elijah to come back, so to come so that Elijah can come and, uh, and, uh, and, and announce Messiah is here. So what happens? Yeshua comes. And the Jewish people say, listen, if you're the Messiah, where's Elijah? Because we know that Elijah's going to announce Messiah's coming. And so if you are the Messiah, Jesus, why hasn't Elijah come? And so Yeshua said in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 14, if you are willing to accept it, John himself, he's speaking of John the Baptist, Yochanan the Immerser, is Elijah who was to come. So they're saying, You're, you can't be the Messiah. Many of the unbelieving Jewish people were saying to him, because Elijah hasn't come. Yeshua said, ah, he did come. Yochanan, John the Immerser, John the Baptist, is Elijah who was to come. Listen to what Yeshua said in Matthew 17, verse 10 through 13, along these same lines. And his disciples asked him, why then do the scribes say, that Elijah must come first. And he answered and said, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. But I say to you, which tells us Elijah is coming again before a second coming. But listen, but I say to you, Yeshua said in verse 12, that Elijah already came and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they wished. So also the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. Listen to what John himself said about himself in the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 23. He said about himself, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way 
of the Lord, directly fulfilling the prophecy in the book of Isaiah. The Lord was going to send a messenger before him to make the way straight. And so this is just an amazing, amazing, uh, um, uh, uh, just a fullness to me. And as a Jewish person, uh, I stand uh, against such um, unbelief in, in terms of uh, my people. So few of my people have recognized that Yeshua is the Jewish Messiah. In fact, it's so sad and unfortunate and it hurts me so much that for me, as soon as I received Jesus as Messiah, in 1978, at the age of 20 years old, 42 years ago now, I was disqualified for my people as even being a Jew anymore. We're seeing how perfectly Yeshua fulfilled all of Israel's prophecies about the coming Messiah. We're declaring that Yeshua is the Messiah that was to come. We're declaring that Yeshua is the King of Israel. He's the only Messiah that Israel will ever have. And yet because I... And others like me as Jewish people believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. We have been disqualified as being Jewish by the Jewish people. And you know what's so sad, church? Unfortunately, even within the church, there are those that look at me and others like me, Jews, that have received Jesus as the Messiah. Even Christians look at Jewish believers like myself as somehow not being authentically Jewish anymore. How can that be? If Jesus really is the Jewish Messiah and I have received him as a Jew, how can someone look at me and say to me, you're no longer Jewish, even in the church? How can the church no longer look at Jewish believers as being authentically Jewish anymore? Do you have to not believe in Jesus to be authentically Jewish? I'm speaking to you now, church. But deep in your psyche, that's how many of you see it. You look at me, you say, he's not really authentically Jewish. He believes in Jesus. I mean, think about how preposterous that is. If Jesus is the Hebrew Messiah, if he's the one when he died on the cross with a sign over his head that said, Yeshua of Nazareth, King of the Jews, if he's really alive, if he is who he said he was, if he's coming back to be revealed to the whole world as the King of the Jews, how can I as a Jew that have put my faith in him no longer be considered Jewish? Some of you might need to ask yourself that question. Yes, I was born a Jew, raised a Jew, came into this world by two Jewish parents. I'm 100% Ashkenazi Jew, meaning that my ancestors came out of Europe. Again, bar mitzvah in a conservative synagogue. All my friends were Jewish. I'm totally Jewish. I believe that Yeshua is the Jewish Messiah and the King of Israel. And I'm here to say to you, I'm still a Jew. And that's why I've grown these payas, these silux. I'm making a statement in the earth. Listen, you can be a Jew and believe in Jesus. And more than that, believing in Jesus for a Jew is the most beautifully Jewish thing, at least for me. This is me personally, that a Jew could ever do. I love you, beloved. God bless you and shalom. I want to encourage us now to be honest with ourselves before the Lord. 
many of us are aware of the fact that we've surrendered to him in some areas of our life, but yet there are many areas of our life that perhaps we've not yet submitted to him in. I remember when I was in school as a young boy, they gave us a microscope and they put something on a slide and we looked at what was on that slide through the microscope. At first we saw nothing, but then when we adjusted the lens and turned up the power, suddenly we were able to see on that slide little organisms moving around. It took the amplification of the lens to be able to see it. Some of us right now are being convicted by the Holy Spirit in the area of our finances. He's turning up his power. He wants us to see that we need to surrender to the Lord and trust him with our finances. Beloved, while we're on this earth, we have an opportunity to do good. And all of us should be sowing into the kingdom for the furtherance of the gospel. If you believe in this ministry, I want to encourage you, beloved, make an offering today. God will reward you for everything that you do. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com, call 1-800-777-7835, or text the keyword RABBI to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, speak these words over my people and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Vaishmarecha Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Yisa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, His beloved child, to give you His peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the Word, to declare the mystery of Messiah, discovering the Jewish Jesus, reaching Israel and the world. Today's episode concludes the series, Messianic Prophecy Season 4. If you've enjoyed this series and would like to purchase a copy, visit our website or call the number on your screen.